Talk Radio 96.7. Oh yeah, it's October. And there's creepy things everywhere. But there's always a safe place where no one's watching. And few people are listening. But that's okay because we have fun. It's Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone because we're talking sports. The Ozone brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. Turning scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O, no Coach Joe tonight. He's out on assignment tonight. So I'm going solo, so give me a call, 682-1430, 682-1430. If you're technologically inclined, it's ozone at hallradio.net. That's ozone at hallradio.net. Before we get into the sports, today is National Farmers Day. Every American farmer feeds 168 people and less than 2% of the people in America farm, so we'd like to salute them. Salute! All right, there you go. A salute out to the American farmer, some of the most wonderful people in the world, and they only affect people who like to eat or drink. So 682-1430, if you like football, here's the place to be this weekend because this Saturday... The Florida Gators at 3.30 are going to travel up to Columbia, South Carolina, where they'll take on the South Carolina Gamecocks. 3.30 kickoff, 12.30 pregame on WONN, 12.30 a.m., 107.1 FM. And at noon, right here on WLKF 96.7, Florida State will host the Syracuse Orange. That's a noon kickoff, 10 a.m. pregame. And Sunday right here on WLKF 96.7. The Detroit Lions, who are 4-1, and one, will take on the 3-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 425 kickoff, 330 pregame. So there you go. A lot of other good games coming up this weekend. Miami, after their debacle against Georgia Tech last week, is going to go up to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where they'll take on the Tar Heels, who are undefeated. And that game's at 7.30. Southern Cal travels to Notre Dame, and it's supposed to be a nasty day there. I wonder how much the weather will impact that. Notre Dame, of course, out of everything with two losses. They lost last week getting crushed by Louisville. That's a 7.30 kickoff. And a 3.30 kickoff, Oregon and Washington, probably the game of the day. Yeah, a sneaky game is Kentucky hosting Missouri. Kentucky lost last week, as did Missouri. Kentucky got crushed by Georgia. Missouri had a hard-fought loss to LSU. So, man, that's that's going to be some game right there because whoever loses that game is going to be going downhill fast. Well, on this date in history, the deaths of Wilt Chamberlain, the Big Dipper, passed away in 1999. He was... 63 years old, and yesterday passed away was Walt Garrison. You might remember he used to do the Skull commercials, just a pinch between your cheek and gum. Walt Garrison was 79 years old, and he was a real American cowboy. He played for the Oklahoma State Cowboys in college, where he was on the all-academic team, and he was also on the rodeo team there. He was a real cowboy. And he played for the Dallas Cowboys for nine years, and they were he was a Super Bowl winner in Super Bowl six. And they asked him what his biggest thrill was, and he said, 
the first time he ever won money on the pro rodeo circuit. So that that's pretty interesting that he would mention that instead of the Super Bowl six win. So um, rest in peace, Walt Garrison. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we have a real treat for you tonight. We're going to have Rich DeRocher, who is the Chief Communications Officer at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone on Talk Radio 96.7. Hi, everybody. This is Tommy Lasorda with the Los Angeles Dodgers, former manager and now advisor to the chairman of the board. Uh, you're listening to Ronnie Ocean and the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone. We are right here every Thursday talking sports. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O back in the Ozone. And with us on the phone is none other than Rich DeRozier. He is the Chief Communications and Content Officer for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Rich, welcome to the Ozone. Really appreciate you coming on tonight. Rich, as, Marv we, Levy, as Marv Levy would say, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? All right. I like it. I like it. Rich, I had a question for you. Who was the first player inducted, or was there such a thing? I know there was a first class in 1963, I believe, but was there one player that was the first inducted? You know, we went backwards after a while and, 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 and numbered – the Hall of Fame. So each Hall of Famer has a unique number associated to him. Uh, but no, that, that class of 63 went in as a group of 17, and it, it's the second largest class to ever go in at one time. The largest class was the Centennial class of 2020 when we uh, celebrated the Centennial of the League by putting 20 people in. But uh, no, you know, the uh, that first class with uh, George Hallis and Curly Lambeau and uh, Dutch Clark and uh, Blood McNally and Red Grange in that class. Uh, I don't think I could name 17, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that 17 went in as, as a single group. And then, you know, not too long ago, we decided to go back and alphabetize each class and then number each class. And so what we ended up with was, uh, 371 names now, one one through 371 for the 371 who are in trying now. You know, I took my grandson there probably five years ago. He's 15 now. He was 10 then. Huge sports fan. And I would encourage anyone who has not been, even if you have been and haven't been in a while, I plan to go back. Um, it's just a wonderful experience. If, if you have kids that like sports, they like football, I was an old Baltimore Colt fan, and it was so much fun for me to show him Johnny Unitas and yeah. Gino Marchetti and some of those guys that I pulled for. And one of the real highlights for me was there was a lady that brought a tray out, and it had different items on it. And one of them was the um, fanny packs, I guess you'd call them, that the punters used to keep their hands warm. And she said, does anyone know which team originated this? And I said, why? It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And she said, you're the first person that ever got that right. <laughs> because, you know, everybody thought, well, it'd have to be Green Bay or it'd have to be Minnesota. And I just happened to know it because I live down here and I'm a big Florida Gator fan. And the guy that 
was their equipment manager at that point had come from the Florida Gators. So that was the only reason that I knew that. Well, that, yeah, and, and artifacts like that and the fun stories like that are the stuff that we get to share with people. And, and really, it's, it's probably the highlight of what I do is, is uh, tell those kinds of stories. And I didn't know that, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that one in my hip pocket and share that <laughs> at some point. Uh, you know, because I think that's how you – uh, that's how you grow the sport and the enthusiasm of it is just sharing that and, 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 and finding people who are enthusiastic about it and want to learn a little bit more. And that's, you know, and that is what we do at the Pro Football Hall of Fame is to preserve that history and, and you know, promote its values and celebrate the game and, and its growth and, and uh, the people who've done that. Rich, what is the most visited part of the uh, Hall of Fame? Well, I think without doubt, it's the the bronze bust gallery, the the 371 bronze busts. You know, there's a there's a lot of interactive displays. You know, if, if you if you take the tour the way most people do, you you come through our rotunda, which is the original Hall of Fame. It's it's a circular in shape, and you learn about the history of the game, and and you, you go through the first floor, and you learn, you know. The, the, it's set up by commissioners, so you get you know you kind of, you get the Pete Rozelle era, you get the Joe Carr era, you get the uh, Roger Goodell era, and then you come up a set of stairs or elevator to the second floor, and, and you see some of the uh, unique artifacts that we have, or and some of the uh, the best and greatest accomplishments. You know, there's a, uh, a display upstairs for the '72 Dolphins, and there's some things for Paul Brown, and there's the integration of the game and some things like that. And there's some interactives. And so you know, people tend to come out of that area a little bit loud, a little bit, you know, jazzed up what they've seen. There's a lot of video screens, fantastic finishes. You can see the immaculate reception. Uh, you can see uh, some of the other games, you know, that end, the Hail Mary with Roger Staubach. So everybody's a little bit loud and, and energized as they come out of that room. And the next room is the bronze bust gallery. Nowhere is there a sign that says "Quiet, please." But people, <laughs> but, but people turn that corner, and it's like they're—it's like they're in a library or in church, and they just start whispering. And I, sometimes, if I'm in a you know playful mood, I'll come up behind somebody and say, "You don't have to whisper in here." It's okay. <laughs> uh, but every everybody does. No one talks loudly in the bus gallery. No, you know, no one runs through the bus gallery. It's, Everybody slows down and just stops and looks kind of into the eyes of these bronze busts. And, and uh, you can kind of see the wheels turning in, in people's minds as they recall some of their favorite players or, or games that, that, that these men were in. And, and, you know, they tell, you know, if they're with somebody, they start telling a story. Uh, you, you know, you get a father and a son or a father and daughter and, and hey, you know, this was somebody I looked up to. And, you know, when I was your age, this was one of my favorite players. And this is part of the reason we're here. And, so without a doubt, that's the number one attraction. <laughs> Our guest is Rich DeRozier, Chief Communications and Content Officer of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Rich, um, Canton, Ohio was not just selected randomly. Talk a little bit about why the Pro Football Hall of Fame is in Canton. Sure. You know, in the you know, pro fo- one of the things that we make sure guests understand is, you know, pro football was not invented in Canton, Ohio. But what did happen in Canton, Ohio, was the formation of the NFL. And even when it was formed, it wasn't called the NFL. It had a different name for its first couple of years. 
But pro football has existed since really around the turn of the century. There were, there were some athletic clubs that played uh, versions of professional football in the late 1800s, and then you turn over into the 1900s, and there were professional teams, uh, you know, people who were played, paid to play. Uh, but the NFL suffered from a couple of key issues. And one was, and it's funny because we're going to, you know, we're, we can fast forward 104 years and, and we're still talking about some of the same things. But, but back in 1920, they had real issues with amateurism. Uh, you know, people who were playing on college and professional teams at the same time, they had issues with franchise stability, uh, escalating player salaries, uh, you know, just rules in general about when games would be played and how they would be played. So a gentleman named Ralph Hay, who was an owner of the Canton Bulldogs at that time, uh, managed to get the other owners together, and they sat down and they agreed to some basic rules and regulations to form a league. And the, uh, the franchise fee at the time was $100. And legend has it that barely half the teams even bothered to pay it, but they were just happy to, <laughs> to get some rules and regulations. So that's part of the reason that, you know, that part of the historical tie of Canton to professional football was Ralph Hay uh, getting everybody together and forming the American Professional Football Association in 1920. September 17, 1920 was when all the owners at the time signed that we're going to play under these rules. And a few weeks later, the Dayton Triangles played the Columbus Panhandles in the first game uh, in Dayton, Ohio. And the league at that time was largely upper Midwest, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Michigan. And, uh, you know, so, so Canton sort of had this historical tie to the origin of the game. Of course, Chicago had, had teams then, and, and, and Papa Bear Hallis had the Decatur Staley's as one of the original franchises in the original NFL. And when the NFL said in the late 1950s, we need a Hall of Fame, Canton was one of a handful of cities to put in a bid. And, and when it came time for the league to make the decision, Canton had about four really strong things going for it. One was that historical connection that I talked about with the formation of the league. Uh, number two was Papa Bear's endorsement. He said Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame should be in Canton, Ohio, because that's where the league was founded. And uh, the other two were really important, too, because the city of Canton uh, had land that they donated to, to put the Hall of Fame, and the city had raised uh, the princely sum of about $400,000 to begin construction. So they were shovel-ready. Uh, they had the land. They had the money to do it. They had the historical tie. And the league agreed with all of that and awarded the uh, site to Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame. And they broke ground uh, shortly thereafter and opened their doors on September 7th, 1963. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. You know, Dick Butkus just passed away. Uh, I know the Bears have a lot of fans all over the country. They have some really loyal fans. And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what Dick Butkus means to the Hall of Fame. Well, if you'll indulge me, I'll tell you what he meant to me before I tell you. Oh, what he thank meant to the you. Hall of yeah. Fame. I was about a I was about a seven year old kid who loved football, and had a mother who despised it. And I think to <laughs> uh, I think to appease her son, she went out one day and bought a football jersey. And I know she had no idea what she was, you know, who she was buying, what she was buying. She probably, and I don't know how she 
you know, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so why it wasn't a Cleveland Browns jersey, I have no idea. But she came home with a uh, a dark blue jersey with a 51 on it and said, <laughs> you know, here, quit quit talking about football. Just, you know, put this on and go outside and play. <laughs> and, and on that afternoon, I, I decided, you know what, I, I wanted to be the next Dick Butkus, and, and uh, I would – I would put, you know, stick a football under my sister's arm and challenge her to get across the living room without, get, without getting tackled. And, and uh, so he he has always been, uh, you know, the, the football my football icon. And I have uh, you know I have several pictures of him in my office. So uh, I took the news personally particularly hard, you know, when it came across, and it was very much unexpected. You know, we. We do have some Hall of Famers who are, are battling some significant health issues, and, and we know someday the call is going to come from a family member to say that, you know, that, that so-and-so has passed. But uh, there was not that kind of uh, urgency or suspicion that, that Dick was having that kind of uh, health issue. So it came as a surprise to the Hall. And I can tell you that um, outside of probably Jim Brown, who – I think many people in a quiet moment would, would say was probably the greatest football player of all time, maybe the greatest athlete of all time. Uh, the, the next person that people said so identified with the position he played and, and was considered probably the greatest to play a particular position where there's not a whole lot of debate was Dick Buckus at linebacker. You know, we can debate who the greatest defensive end was or the, greatest wide receiver and that's probably you know that's probably jerry rice and but 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 you can make some arguments for some other guys if you want to i think just about everybody said uh jim brown was the greatest running back ever and and dick buckus was the greatest linebacker ever so uh you know really uh a challenging time for the hall and and for the family and i know that uh, dick's son just announced today that they're going to have a celebration for life for dick on on sunday and, and invited people to you know, to come to that, and I know the Bears are doing their thing for Dick on Sunday at their game. Wow, that's awesome. My guy was Johnny Unitas. I uh, grew up in Florida, so we had no teams back when I was a kid, and the first game I can remember watching was the sudden-death Colts over the Giants in 58, and so Johnny Unitas became my guy, and I remember I got in trouble several times when the Colts would lose, and I'd be crying and pitching a fit, <laughs> and I'd either get – sent to my room or something I'd get some sort of punishment but uh he was my guy and uh I've told my grandson all about him but I still can't get him to get a crew cut <laughs> I was I was going to bring up the crew cut but I'm glad you did and, <laughs> and uh one of my favorite pictures in the Hall of Fame and it is it's a larger than life I mean it takes up an you know it takes up a wall that's probably you know nine feet tall and probably 20 feet wide, a picture of from the locker room uh, after the Colts won the championship. And it's, uh, it's Unitas, Raymond Berry, Lenny Moore, and Weeb Eubank together. And, uh, you know, four Hall of Famers in, in one picture celebrating a victory. And, uh, you know, just really special. And, and uh, you know, and Raymond Berry's still alive, so Lenny Moore's still alive. And, uh, uh, you know, both a couple of our more elder living hall of famers but it's great to just uh you know to to talk to you about them and think about them and and uh and raymond barry's uh, class just celebrated its 50th anniversary oh my class gosh 73 yeah rich we're running short on time um how can people get 
uh, tickets, and uh, what is your website? ProFootballHOF.com, and you can go on there. You can see our hours. You know, we're in, we're in winter hours now, so we're 9 to 5 every day, and we are open every day except for Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day. So, uh, you know, if you've got some time around the holidays to make that trip up, uh, we certainly welcome folks to do that. And, and uh, you know, if, if going over one of the warmer holidays, a, a Memorial Day or a Labor Day or a July 4th is, is more uh, in line with what works for folks, you know, we're open all those other major holidays. So, you know, make a holiday weekend of it and, and come on up. Rich, what do tickets cost? Uh, right now, I think we're at uh, we're at forty five for adults, uh, a little bit less for kids, uh, and uh, there are some there are some perks to buying a membership. It might be something somebody wants to look into, especially if you're bringing the whole family up. You you can buy a membership and uh, and get the whole family in on that. Awesome! And all that information is at profootballhof.com. Rich, thank you so much. Really appreciate you being with us and um, sharing some of those great memories. And, again, I would encourage everyone, if you get a chance, go see the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You can fly into Cleveland. It's only about 60 miles south. Real easy drive. It's a wonderful place to visit. Rich, thank you so much. All right, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right. Rich DeRozier, Chief Communications Officer of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone on 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7. Talking loud and proud because we are in the Ozone. Talking sports with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors. All right, Ronnie O back in the Ozone. No Coach Joe tonight. He's out on assignment, but we've got a caller, Big Jim from Lakeland. Jim, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Ronnie. Um, you know, you and I have both been Florida Gator fans for a long time. Oh, what yeah. was the first Gator game you went to? Uh, probably when I went to school up there in 1970. Man, do you remember who they were playing? No. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a new experience back in those days. Oh, yeah. You know, I can remember the north end zone – was level with street level, yeah. And you, had you walked off the top, yeah. And you walked off the street right into the stands, yep. and uh, it seemed yep. like there were two entrances, if I remember right. My first game was 1960, and uh, do you remember when they used to run a train from Tampa to Gainesville? Oh yeah, uh huh. My Did uncle you? used to do that a lot of times. Yeah, I, I rode that. My dad worked for the railroad, so. Um, I rode that train up there, and they played Tulane when Tommy Mason was their big star, and Tulane was uh-huh. in the SEC back then. Larry Libertor was the Gators' quarterback, and the Gators won twenty-one to six that day. That's a good memory there, Ron. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I remember it so much because of my dad. You know, it was a, yeah. a big deal. He, he was working; he was working on the train, so he didn't get to go to the game. But um, I rode that train a couple times up there and I also got to ride to Jacksonville one time to see him play Georgia back when mm. they used to run those trains but that was a lot of fun um who's your favorite Gator player oh man there's so many of those just give me I a couple you, well I've, you can't go without Steve Sperger that's for sure exactly um James Bates yeah. Robert Marshall um Danny Warfel. Tim Tebow. I mean, there's just so many. 
Yeah. You know, uh, I don't really have just a single player. I've just got so many great ones I liked. Yeah, I know you. I don't think I could narrow it down to one player either. Um, There's been so many over the years. And, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of with the Gators is that they've had three Heisman Trophy winners, and each one of them's father was a minister. Yep, exactly right. And uh, I don't know that anybody else can can match that. And uh, you know something I learned today about the baseball playoffs? Uh, the Rangers manager, Bruce Bochy, he went to high school in Melbourne, Florida. Oh. He was born in France, and he was the first foreign-born manager to win a World Series. And um, he his father was in the military. His dad was a sergeant major in the Army, and mm-hmm. so that's why he was born in France. But uh, he actually went to Melbourne High School. I just learned that today. There's you, something there. Do you remember um, Walt Garrison, the old fullback for the Dallas Cowboys under Tom Landry? Uh, the name, yeah, I remember Walt. He, he used to do those Skull tobacco commercials, had a real <laughs> southern accent, said just a pinch between your cheek and gum. You're right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he passed away today. He was 79 oh, years old. I didn't old. see that. Oh, you know, I, did, I saw it, but I didn't read the article, so I didn't know who it was. Yeah, unfortunately, he was one of my favorites. He was a real cowboy. He played mm-hmm. for the Oklahoma State Cowboys in college, and he was on the rodeo team, and uh, he also played for the Dallas Cowboys, and he was a professional steer wrestler in the off season. I mean, you talk about tough. That guy was T-U-F-F tough. You got to be if you're in the rodeo business. Yeah, I would imagine those – back then they didn't have 300-pound linemen that probably – 250, but those guys probably didn't look too tough after a 1,500-pound steer. <laughs> I bet not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you and I both uh, went to Lakeland High School, and uh, I tell people, I said, I went to Lakeland High School so long ago that the football team wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my wife went to Winter Haven, and she reminds me of that all the time when they played uh, the uh, the Dreadnoughts. Oh. You never beat them. <laughs> oh, man, I don't doubt it. Uh, Winter Haven was really good back then. Was Calvin Triplett maybe the coach back in those days? Well, when we went to school, I'm at the Lakeland. It was um, – you shouldn't put me on the spotlight this about names. Bill Kretemeyer was our coach. Kretemeyer, exactly right, yeah. And I, he had played uh, Canadian football up in the Canadian Football League and had broken his neck. And uh, I remember, man, he was a tough, tough guy. He played at Vanderbilt in college. And uh, I had gone out for football, and I was pretty skinny. I probably weighed, I don't know, 140, 150 pounds. And I was pretty fast. I made the – I was going to make – I was going to be on the Destroyers. I wasn't good enough to be on the Dreadnoughts as a 10th grader. And I went into Coach Kretemeyer's office. My dad had grown up really poor, and he wanted me to work and get a car. And so he said he'd match whatever I've saved. And so I went into Coach Kretemeyer's office and I said, Coach, um, I'd like to talk to you about working and playing football. He just exploded. You can't work and play football, boy. And, man, I was just cowering over the corner, scared to death. And so that was about the end of my dreadnought career. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you play football at Lakeland? No, I didn't. Did you play my baseball? Mother, my mother would not let me play uh, school sports because 
it would affect my grades, she says. <laughs> I played Little League and Pony League out in the Cumbie area where I grew up at, but she wouldn't let me play for – she did let me go out for the baseball team, uh, I guess, in my senior year, but it was at the end of uh, practice and everything before they named the team and everything. So I went. She let me go out there just a little bit too late to try to make the team. You know, I think you and I may have played against each other in the Cumbie Little League. I played oh, for I the, did. the Moose Club and yeah. Rawls Construction. Mm-hmm. What team did you play for? Do you remember? I was uh, on IGA Groceries. If you remember that, in Little I League. do. And um, then I was with uh, David Grimes's father. He was the coach of the team. Boy, David Grimes was a stud, wasn't he? Oh, he was, wasn't he? Yes, sir. <laughs> he didn't he go on to be a great soft fast pitch softball yeah, player? He, I think he played for was it Eddie King? Softball? Eddie Fainer. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe he, uh, and or he might have been even on the Clearwater Bombers one time. You, you know, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was. You know, and then that team, man, the Clearwater Bombers. I think they won several world championships. Yeah. Man, David yeah. Grimes, that was a name I hadn't heard in a long time. Yeah. I I've saw it's been years since I saw him. He looks just like his dad now. Is <laughs> <laughs> he still around Lakeland? Uh as far yeah, he lives out on uh, North Cumbie uh road out that way. You know, I think I've seen that does he still have a ranch out there? Yeah, I think it says Grimes Ranch or something like that. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I'd know him if I saw him. He, isn't he a little bit older than us? He's just a year older. Is that he all? Graduated in 67. Okay. Okay. Man, I remember what a great um, player he was. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was a great shortstop. I mean, that's what he played when, when in Little League. And uh, But, yeah, he was a great player. Wow. Wow. Well, I wanted you to call in and uh, reminisce a little bit with you about some of the good old days back in the back in the day when we were kids and oh, back man. when we were in high school. And um, so, I really appreciate you calling in. Yeah, those those high high school days was you know one of my favorite times of my life. I to put it that way. You know, all the people that we went to school with and friends and everything. It was, and it's always good to go back to a class reunions to see those people. Yeah, we then they even remember you. I can't believe that. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, say, so, "Hey, didn't you used to have more hair and you weren't quite as fat as you are now?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what they tell me. <laughs> you know, the thing about you know what I did really like about I mean I lo- love going to University of Florida, but you know up there there was a few friends of mine. Uh, if you remember Danny Sandbrook and Randy Rowell, uh, I remember Danny. Okay. Uh, we decided, uh, three of us was just sitting around deciding where we were going to go for college, and we made up our mind to go there instead of some other place in the state, which was been a big mistake. <laughs> but uh, we just had you don't you don't see you don't have the friends. I, it's hard to make friends up, you know, to me at the university because. But I don't know. That's just my opinion of. Well, you know, it was kind of, of different for me. It was kind of the other way around for me. I had friends in high school, but. I joined a fraternity up there, and uh, by uh, doing that, you know, you had a sort of a ready-made group of friends, well, yeah. and uh, you know that, that that made it a lot easier for me. But um, yeah, some wonderful times back in high school and college. And um, Jimmy, really appreciate you calling in tonight. 
Okay, Ronnie, it's a privilege talking to you. Maybe we'll talk again soon. I'll look forward to it. Okay. Uh, Good night. Yes, sir. Jim from Lakeland, we're going to go ahead and take a break. We come back. We just might have a $30 opportunity for you to go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Eat and drink what you want. Take $30 off your tab. How about them apples? You're listening to Ronnie O on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Jack Youngblood, former Florida Gator, and you're listening to Ronnie Ocean on the Ozone. Ozone time. Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Brought to you by Allied Scrap processors oh that was my good buddy jack youngblood man one of my favorite people um great human being man what a great guy all right well i know right now you're hungry you're thirsty your dialing fingers are itching you cannot wait for that 30 dollar opportunity to go I just, out i just can't wait <laughs> now that is a guy who is a multi-billionaire you know he he serves Miller's Lakeland Ale House. They cater on his Learjet and uh, on his they, yachts. They do not. <laughs> uh, you know, he could actually buy Miller's Lakeland Ale House, and then it'd be Eric Clark's Ale House. And uh, he may. Just you know, you just it. never know. Just, just stop it, Ronnie. Just stop it. He'll go out there and he'll say, y'all got changed for $100 million. Um, We'll just go ahead and do this right now. Uh, that's That's the kind of money that man's got. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stop it, Ronnie. Just stop it. (laughs) All right. We got an easy one for you tonight. If you haven't won the last six months and we have a list and we're checking it twice, we know who's been naughty. We know who's been nice. That's someone else, Ronnie. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I thought you told me. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, All right. Here's what we want to know. If you haven't won the last six months, give us a call. 682-1430. That's 682-1430. And here's what we want to know. In what Ohio City is the Pro Football Hall of Fame located? 682-1430. If you were listening earlier, you know where it's located. 682-1430. That's all you got to do. You call us up. Tell me what city the Pro Football Hall of Fame is located in, and you will go out to Miller's Lakeland Ale House. Eat and drink what you want and take $30 off your tab. They are, of course, located at 5650 South Florida Avenue, and they have over 40 strategically located television sets. You can watch your favorite sporting event right there. They'll tune the TV to whatever you want to watch, and you can go out there and take advantage of their nightly drink and meal specials because they have them every night of the week. Man, you just can't go wrong. I go out there and eat quite a bit myself. Went out there and had a, a ribeye steak last Monday at lunch, and man, it was good. It was good, and I had Eric Clark's uh, credit card, so I just charged it to Eric Clark's credit card. You know, the man's got so much money, he'll never ever miss that few hundred dollars that I ran up on that tab. You know, with all the money that he's got. So, if you know the answer, give us a call. I think we've got some hungry and thirsty. Terry, how are you tonight? I'm good, and you? Fantastic. You hungry and thirsty? Am I what? Hungry Are, and thirsty? Yes, sir. No, I'm, I'm, I'm whooped right now, to be honest. Oh, no, 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 no. Why is that? Well, I, well I've been moving for the last four oh, days. So. Oh, you deserve something. Oh, man. I, I will. We'll, we'll celebrate next week. How's that? All right. If you can tell me what Ohio City is the Pro Football Hall of Fame located in. 
Well, let's try Canton, Ohio. Oh, you're exactly right. And a man that's been moving for four days deserves to win. So uh, I, I love your show, though. I do. Well, thank you. Have you ever been out to the Ale House? I have. Oh, man, I tell you, I love to go out there. What do you usually get when you go out there? It, it varies. I had the, the big shrimp thing one time, but 35 shrimp or something. It was crazy. Oh, man. Oh, but man. Well, I, I'm glad that, that you won. Moving is one of my least favorite things in my it's entire my life. Last one. My last <laughs> one. I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. Who are your favorite but teams? We're moving closer to the South. To South Lakeland? South Lakeland. Yeah. Oh, good. From North Lakeland. It's right going far. Good. My favorite college team? Yeah. Is there, is there any other than FSU? Oh, I'm sorry. You're sorry. ineligible, Terry. <laughs> That's the wrong answer. I am so sorry. Um, try again in about 2029. <laughs> no, of course, we broadcast the Florida State games right here on WLKF. What do you think of the new announcer versus Deckerhoff? Uh, I really haven't heard it on the radio uh, lately, so I, I, I can't tell you. I've only watched the game on TV. All right. Well, uh, who are your favorite pro teams? Well, I've always been a Dolphin fan. Uh, Man, you're just striking out left and right here. <laughs> I, I know, I know. That's, uh, Tampa Bay's three and one, but I think the Dolphins are three. I, yeah, those are my two favorite teams, anyhow. Well, the we, Dolphins one, Tampa Bay second. Well, you know, I'm not a pro football fan as much as I used to be. I was a Baltimore Colts no. fan. So, um, oh, yeah, that's when Shula was coaching them. That's what caused me to be a Miami fan when he went there. Wow. So. Wow. Well, Terry, if you'll hang on the line, Eric will get I your will. information, and uh, we'll send that out there tonight, and you can go out there as soon as tomorrow at lunch and eat and drink $30 worth on us. How about that? All right. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you, Terry. All right. God bless. God bless you too. All right. Well, we got another caller that wants to talk to us. So, Dean. hey, we got it's going to be real quick. Yes, hey, sir. You played out at the Moose Club. I did. My dad and his brother played on the very first team, little league team in Lakeland, and of course that's where that's where they played. Uh, and do you know there was a famous person on that very first team? Do you know who it was? I don't. Oog Powell. Really? Oh, yeah. Didn't they go? Did they go to the Little League World Series? Uh, my dad never said anything about that, so I kind of doubt it. Wow. I, I knew he grew up in Lakeland. I played softball against his brother, Richard. My goodness, that guy was a tremendous athlete. He was probably about 6'4", maybe 230 pounds, no fat on him at all. And, man, that guy could – he was a left-handed hitter like his brother. He could hit a softball out of sight. I can remember standing in the outfield playing at Dixieland where there was no fence, and we played a nine-game schedule. I think he hit something like 58 home runs in nine games. You know, the pitcher has no recourse really in slow-pitch softball, and you just sit there and watch it fly over the fence. There was a hedge out in right field. 
And man, he, he must've hit that house back there just about every time. But, um, yeah, Book Powell, you know, that's, he, did he play it? It comes. Listen, my dad and his uncle, they played fast pitch softball. They played against the Clearwater Bombers. Um, wow. My dad's brother got drafted by the Tigers. He he went up and then he got married and said bye bye baseball. <laughs> Did do you know David Grimes? Well, I'm kin to all of them Grimes. My my grandmother was a Grimes, so I used to go to the Grimes family reunion. Did, but, uh, didn't he play for the Clearwater Bombers? I was Steve's age. Did Steve did Grimes. um oh Steve the judge? No, uh-uh. No, not him. Yeah. I grew up hey, in the Cumbie area I, too. I hate to cut you off, but I got to run. Maybe I'll All call right. in next week. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you for All calling. Right, All right. Wow, man, it's like old home week right here tonight. I'm having so much fun. Um, yeah, I can remember back in the day playing little league baseball, and I was probably above average. I wasn't great, but um, man, I had so much fun back then. My mother would take me and. My best buddy was a left-handed pitcher on my team. And um, wild, man, he threw hard, and he was wild. He could airmail it, but there wasn't necessarily a zip code on it. And it uh, seemed like he would hit me every time I faced him in practice. So I was so glad to get in the games and not have to face him because <laughs> he could really bring it. But um, Little League Baseball back then, man, it was – so much fun. We played out there behind Cumbie Elementary was where I played and uh, just had a lot of fun and uh, still keep in touch with some of those guys. Um, so uh, if you played out there, give us a call next week. Uh, we'd love to hear from you wherever you played Little League Baseball or maybe you played Little League Football. I played for the Lakeland Lumberjacks and when they were the only team in town. But we'll be back next week. And uh, Coach Joe will be back with us next week. And uh, hopefully by next week, I'll have a new grandson to announce by next week. But you're listening to Ronnie O in the Ozone, sans Coach Joe tonight. But we're going to bring him back next week, fly him in on Eric Clark's Learjet. <laughs>